0: Dude, I'm so excited to be doing this. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Great. Christian James Hand is here. I didn't know your name. I thought it was the session live. (laughs) Um, I, you know, before we get into what we're going to do, I want to know how how we even get here. I'll say that I was so, it was so cool to have an experience like those, like those live sessions. What I mean is you have an Instagram handle, which is at the session. IG uh, IG live. live. At the session. IG live. I was put onto it by my friend Karen. Shout out to KG, who um, has been uh, going, experiencing those for a while now. And what well, we were texting one day, and I was in a hotel, and she was like, "Oh, you know, in an hour, um, uh, like an hour from now, th- that thing I told you about, that <laughs> right. guy's going to go live." And the and she goes, and they don't doesn't save them. They're not archived. Yeah, it's no archive. Which I got to say is a very cool. It feels like an, a throwback. Yeah, you know, thank you. There's like a nostalgic kind of quality to being like, either you're if, there or you're if not. you're not there, you're done. Y- you miss yep. it. You, you can miss it. Uh, and we're doing the opposite today because we're actually recording this. But it's good because it kind of serves, it'll sh- like be a taste of what it usually is. And what happened was, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check this out. And, I, you know, correct me if I'm not describing it correctly, but. It was a uh, it was a breakdown of that day. It was Tears for Fears, right? Uh, shout, a shout, yep. and 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 you strip down the instruments used in the song by the stems of of the recording. Yep. So it could be like the keyboards, the vocals, the drums. But as you're doing that, so you're seeing you're getting the song broken down and kind of reconstructed. There's also you will say, well, you know. The The guy that played this also played in this other band and here's this song. So then other songs come up, other genres of music, songs you've never heard before, maybe songs you're familiar with. And it becomes like this ride, this musical adventurous ride that is so fun. Thank you. I mean, I was ear to ear, just smiling, like experiencing something. And I was like, I can't wait for the next one. And then I was like, <laughs> there's MJ Wednesdays? What the fuck? <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been jumping in on those. Have you done, by the way, because one of the things I thought about MJ's catalog is obviously so famous, and you know we all grew up yeah. with it. You'll you'll get so into like what you think of um, as like his hits, and then like recently I heard "Rock My World," and I was you know you know that song mm. Michael Jackson song. Rock no, my?
1: you never you don't know that. No, one? no I'll, I'll check it on the ride home. Oh
0: my god, because it's one of those. It was just like an addictive you know, there's an addictive rhythm to it. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if he's done this one. <laughs> right. Now I know you haven't. And you're gonna fucking get those stems, man. But uh but before I even I, I, there's more I wanna say about that. I wanna know, like I was, you know, reading about like how how we got to where you are today with music, like your background. Okay. How did how did you start
1: in this music world? Uh well, first off, thanks for having me. It's a it's a a great compliment when um jaded people are interested in oh, what i'm doing <laughs> I'm, I'm, couldn't be more cynical let me tell you i'm a sarcastic dick so. it's, it's kind of your
0: brand it's, yeah, what, it's it one of really the things is. you're known for so when yeah. i was like wait
1: segura's in yeah, and people sent me they're
0: like you're such a great <laughs> asshole comic i'm like thanks
1: i think um uh, yeah so uh i'm actually the the thing about the when you said it was a throwback is you know i'm a radio guy like i wanted to be a radio I, I'm, I'm actually from england and you have such a unique
0: accent. <laughs> it's, no, because when it's a total you, when you speak, you'll be like, "This guy's American." You'll say a word, I'm like, "Where the fuck did he grow up?"
1: <laughs> and then I was reading your bio, I was like, "Oh, it's a mix of everything." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, the the people that I grew up on doing radio in the UK were just planet smashers, like names that mean nothing to Americans, other than probably maybe John Peel. So I wanted to do radio. So I came to America in high school and then uh, I went to college outside Manhattan and I was on my college radio station and I was like, all right, cool. I guess that's my college, that's my radio career. That's cool. So through a I friend, did college radio as well. It's the best place yeah. to do radio yeah. because you can do fucking anything. I was
0: <laughs> on air and then I managed the radio station. Nice. And it, it it was a great learning experience and, and so fun. What's, what college was that? A very, very small school in North Carolina called Lenore Rhine. Wow. Um, I mean, but then I, I, no one's heard of it. No one's even heard of it. That sounds like a rash. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's a school. But they would, you know, I ended up. Having relationships with like Def Jam and sure. Tommy Boy, and like, yeah, yeah. you know, getting we, we would get the, the promos, yeah, man. And I was just I was so obsessed with hip hop that that like that's all I cared about right. receiving, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but we had a you know a full mix of talent because
1: different students sure. had different interests, and it was really fun, man. Well, that's the that to me is the was the great thing about college radio was that you it was one radio station, but. It had fifty different radio stations yes. on it because it was the metal kid, and then it was the fucking the gay guys that just talked about being gay, yeah, and then there yeah. was the you know it was like NPR but on steroids with the guys from Jackass. Half of it in in college at uh, the college radio stations where I learned that um you need scratch needles to
0: scratch. Oh records. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, I <laughs> run just this. use the I ones. Just, I was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like prop, prop, prop. and people were like, you're destroying our equipment. A, <laughs> yeah, you just destroyed the equipment, and B, you just really fucked your records. Oh, it's up, all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a total disaster. Yeah. So I did radio in college and thought that that was it. And then when I graduated, I went out on the road with a, a group called PM Dawn and I, who are you yeah. know, amazing, amazing, Incredible. amazing people. And how,
0: wait, how did you get hooked up with them?
1: <laughs> uh, Just from radio relationships? No. So I did. So I was, I played in it. It's a little convoluted. I played in an industrial band in New York. And one of the guys that got me into the industrial band, cause he knew the kids from the band ended up through really weird happenstance becoming the tour manager for PM Dawn and I'd actually gone to college to be a lighting designer and he hit me up and was like hey PM Dawn needs a light guy do you want to come and do lights with us and I was like "That's yeah where do I sign yeah so I went to do lights and then the budget got cut and I'd become at that point really really good friends with Prince B and uh, I went to him and I was like yeah man they cut my budget and he was like "No, nah, that ain't happening let's find a job for you so I became sort of like state ad hoc stage manager drum tech And then toured with them for two years which was just like just bananas like we did the peter gabriel the first peter gabriel womad tour that pete headlined on which was just us and stereo mcs and in a circle lenny kravitz crowded house sinead o'connor was like the like his guest and sang on it was just like a month of just absolute magic so i toured with them and then when that tour ended uh i needed a job so b got me a job at the record label which was a a, a label called g street which had dougie fresh and the stereo mcs and the jungle brothers Mm -hmm. and then they put out a record by an organization called the grave diggers yeah which (laughs) yeah Yeah. which was prince paul fruquam poetic and the rizza and uh i ended up the label it's it it should be a movie. The label ended up putting me on the road with them to be like the label spy guy. And, mm-hmm. and I end, I was like, fuck you. Like, yeah. I love these dudes. Like, yeah. These dudes are crazy. Like, yeah. this is my gang right yeah, yeah. So I ended up being like the token white guy on the road with this ridiculous organization. Yeah. And then uh, the RZA actually left the tour in Europe. So Prince Paul's idea was he created a character called MC Skullcap, which was me. And I filled in for the RZA on the tour. What? <laughs> well, because the thing was... I knew all of the parts because I had it. Yeah. I do. Uh, Prince Paul was like because he's Prince Paul, like yeah. the dude is a clown who yeah. just is a genius. Yeah, and just doesn't give a fuck. So, so he, they, he was like, yeah, man," because we. So this check out this toy cigar. So we're in Europe. It's us, the great, uh, the Grave Diggers, uh, Gang Star, Ice Cube, Public Enemy, Enemy, Jeru the Damager, and uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> oh my god! And then Arrested Development quit. They left. So it was just those guys. Like, I'm on the road with Ice Cube and Public Enemy and Gangstar and just Jay, and it was just fucking ridiculous, dude. That's crazy. Touring Europe. So, that's what, one show? That's that, the that show? Was a tour. Yeah, that was the show. Like, you just showed up and then it was just pa, 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 pa. And then Cube and Public Enemy would flip headliner. So, it would just go from like, depending on which night you showed up, was uh, it was bananas. So, just five podcasts with the stories i mean that is, tour alone. is that um early 90s when you're doing yeah this? so this is like 90 i graduated in 92 the that touring stuff happened stayed on basically until 96 so i was working at the label and touring backwards and forwards for that's that a period. crazy show crazy show at that period God. like he had just put out like the, the you know like today was a good like all of that stuff had just hit and public enemy was like at the i've seen was, them live and it's such a an it's ridiculous.
0: Show. Yeah, and Rested Development was one of the first shows I ever saw. Period, like with the
1: full fucking with the, compliment, with the whole. Yeah. It, that's why we were actually kind of relieved, honestly, when they decided to bail yeah. because everyone else was just turntables and yeah, mics, yeah, and these yeah. guys were like, "Oh my god, his guitar center yeah, like, with is people." There a choir coming out here? <laughs> it's a lot. How many drummers do you need yeah. to get that Mr. Wendell song accomplished? Oh, man, Mr. Wendell. So, so we, uh so I was, I was on the road with with them and. Uh, the, I think it was Public Enemy or Ice Cube had like a had like an intro, like, yo, yo, yo. Yeah. And we didn't have anybody. So Paul comes to me and he's like, yo yeah, man, do you think you could do like the intro thing? And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's easy as pie. So they had a cordless mic. <laughs> so I was sitting backstage and I'd do this intro and then Paul was like, he's like, yo yeah, man, it would be kind of cool if you just like hype manned it and, and doubled all the words because it just sounds like more people, which is yeah. part of the thing to get everybody. So I was like literally backstage with a joint in my hand being like, motherfucker. <sighs> Suck my dick. Can't believe it happened. Today was a Thursday. (laughs) So when the RZA left the tour, we were sitting in the lobby of the hotel and the tour manager was sitting there. He was like, yeah, man, the RZA's bailed. And, you know, if we quit this tour, we're going to lose a boatload of cash. But we can keep going if you want to do it. And Fuquan was like, well, what are we going to do about the RZA? And Paul was like, Christian will just do it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, are, about? When
0: he's, are other people like, are you out of your mind? No, no, no. Because no? it's Paul. So, so everyone's so like, like, yeah, good yeah, yeah. Idea. I,
1: plus, you know, we've been on the road at that point. I knew those. I think we probably done like four months at that so point. So you knew everybody. So beat. I knew everybody. Yeah. And it was just literally, it was the four of us, a tour manager. So now you're on stage? Some on stage. like Performing. Dressed in like full on ridiculous outfit and like this is pre Eminem. like this is like the only two other white guys doing it are ice cube and mc search i mean i'm sorry uh vanilla ice and mc search so then like so like how about at the shows are people like hey oh no because rizzo got pale <laughs> like, like yeah they're like and short yeah but still just as high yeah um no because paul did this whole intro where he was like we're going to introduce the great white hype out of Shaolin like the the dude that's going to be the next big thing and oh, then it was like MC like... Skullcap and then I would come out and it would be like oh. And what would you would you wear it? Oh dude I had like I had I went to the uh, cuz I was already you know I was a hip hop head so I already sure. had like the pants and the whole thing yeah. but I went and bought like all of the cool public enemy hockey jerseys uh-huh. and then I had a really cool grave diggers hockey jersey which I still have so I would just be the kid in hockey jerseys. And wait would you, would, you be, would you do like a whole persona Oh like, yeah, no, hey, like yo what's up like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yo yo what's going on Antwerp <laughs> you know, just like absolutely. Dude, you
0: performed on the <laughs> oh, It was the tour. amazing. This is crazy. No, no it was crazy it was absolutely bananas. Now, when RZA left the to left the tour yeah. was
1: it to go make 36 chambers? No or? so what had happened was 36 chambers so the reason that they called themselves the grave diggers was because their careers were dead because he had just like the rakeem thing uh-huh. had failed uh-huh. and paul was kind of like hadn't done handsome boy modeling school or any of that shit because it's like it's like coming off the tail end of me myself and i and all that stuff yeah. so he was like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing and the other two guys were from stetsasonic i don't know if you remember who uh, i remember stetsasonic so the fruquam prince paul and uh poetic rest in peace um though they were all in Statsasonic. Yeah. So they'd had, they and those two had no careers because at least Paul had like, you know, dovetailed into production mm-hmm. doing other people's work. So RZA hit him up and was like, yeah, man, let's just do this. They made up a thing called horror core and they just called themselves the Gravediggers because their careers were dead. Uh-huh. So as that was happening, the thirty-six chambers thing just started to creep up behind, and then that thing just fucking exploded. exploded. And RZA was like, "I have to go do this. And I have to do this thing that's changing music, changing it, <laughs> yeah, everything." The genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a, uh, it was the way that he did it. I'll tell that story to, at some point right before I die. The way he did it was kind of janky, but the the bounce back of it was that we ended up just having this unbelievable fucking tour where I got to just be this caricature of my like I couldn't like I'd be on stage in front of like 30,000 kids losing their shit and I'm like I don't even know what I'm doing here it's, this like, an is so it's, insane it's, it's, I mean it's, it's so crazy that you yeah, got to do yeah. that yeah and then I would break down the turntables like then I'd have to come yeah, back I'll out come and, back. Like, you know, you're like where are we going like, well, you're going back there <laughs> yeah. strike stuff yeah I gotta get hold on take off my yeah. hockey jersey put my hat on so I can surreptitiously <laughs> oh, no. look like the Because <laughs> otherwise I'm not getting laid oh my god uh, yeah it was uh it was so my joke is that hip-hop taught me how to smoke weed because I was the only one on the bus when we did the U.S. I was the only one on the bus that po- Principal didn't smoke, Fuquam didn't smoke, and Poetic came to me one day and was like, I can't smoke with this motherfucker anymore. Like, I need you to tap in, dude. And really? I was like, all right, man. And then the the, the RZA would grab the back bus, the back uh, lounge of the bus, and it would be like... <laughs> uh, he could really smoke. I mean, it's... You couldn't start the meeting until you were high. Like oh, that was okay. the, that was the thing. Like the creative process. I remember there was one day we went up to there was a, a studio called Green Street, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I was Skullcap, I need you to come and play drums." And I went up, and it was like me and almost all the members of the Wu out to like you know the thirty sixth members, and I remember playing drums and the RZA like getting so frustrated because I didn't play like a broken fucked up RZA beat. I was oh. playing like a perfect zombie. Yeah, and like, he was nah. like, nah, nah, man, I need it to. to and, go, and I was boop like, boop 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 yeah, boop boop. like, like boop. Boop. and I was like, dude, nobody what? does that. Like, it's like you, it. you yeah. only
2: you think like you just you. Make
1: smoke. You have to smoke so much weed for your catchphrase. end up being <laughs> bong, bong. <laughs> and the best part about it was that he would go. So he'd sit in the, the back of the bus and he would go on these like fucking stoned, lectures that were just un like i wish i'd recorded all yeah, of them you're like, oh, but the why? best part is like the only thing that i really ever understood was when he said you know what i'm saying because uh-huh. the rest of it <laughs> i didn't get any of <laughs> except yeah. the the three things i remember was like he convinced me not to eat pork and i came back and my best friend's italian and we went to get some food and i was like i can't have sausage and he was like you're eating sausage you're not yeah. converting yeah. to islam today yeah. Yeah. and then the other thing was he went on this lengthy tirade about Juneteenth and, and like educating me About all this stuff And then he looked at me one day And he was like And at the end of it and he goes He's like And that motherfucker's Like the white man's The fucking devil And I was like White man's the fucking
3: devil dude <laughs> Yeah Totally yeah.
1: <laughs> You know what I'm saying You know what I'm saying Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah man. And then he had like I don't know if you remember The Perpendicular great- to the square <laughs> <laughs> Right yeah, The yeah. mathematics Like yeah. that whole thing Dude I got mathematic education I mean I've heard like Just
0: clips of stuff Where I've been like Huh Dude imagine a two hour <laughs> Tour tirade saying,
1: High as fuck and then he had those fucking fronts with, the, with the, the, yeah. the fangs with all the diamonds that said Rizzo across the front. So then he'd be talking to you with those on as well. It was yeah. in, I couldn't understand a yeah. goddamn word of it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that for a while, which was absurd. And then I came off the road, uh, and then the record label offered me a pretty sizable promotion. And my fear was that, you know, like one of the things that, I'm a music guy, like it's all I really care about, yeah. which I think is pretty obvious. Yeah. So my problem was that like all of the places that I went to try and find a way to make music my life, I realized that music was not the most important part of that. Like at the record label, it was just a fucking, it was a thing. Like sell this thing. Oh, it didn't sell. Well, can we sell this thing instead? Yeah. And I was like, but that's a record they gave a fuck about. Like, yeah, no, we don't anymore. Yeah. So that sucked. And then working at the label was impossible. So then I started to work at this tiny little uh, club in porchester called seven willow street which was a really cool like five to seven hundred person venue that got the original lineup of soul coughing and all those like face to face and we kind of aligned ourselves with the local radio station called x107 and through that i met the kids that threw the t-shirts out and i was like "Ooh, that looks like a good fucking job so i went to them i was like oh yeah, man can i come and do that job and they were like yeah so i did that job for about three or four months <clears throat> and then one day word filtered down through the staff that they had fired the um, it fired the night guy and then slid everybody up. So this the, the dude that was was like a part time. I was offered the full time overnight shift, and he had a chronic stutter, but he was also an egomaniac and was pissed that he hadn't been offered the seven to midnight. So he turned it down. So I was like fucking drove to the station in the tour van. Yeah, went to the production guy. Was like, I need to make a demo. Made the demo. Threw it on the production the program director's desk an hour later got hired to do the overnight an hour later yeah yeah, yeah. the guy was like because i'd done radio you know yeah, what it's like, well, like you know, i know what i'm doing yeah, it's yeah. so easy to do yeah. fucking bullshit like college radio is actually harder to do because you got to generate like two or three hours of content yeah. instead of like talking every four songs to yeah. be like the van's gonna be at the yeah. pig and whistle this thursday a, come and say the phrase the day, yeah, right yeah. you know that shit so then I got hired, and then they flipped format to country and then brought me out here, and I was on a station called Y107, cleverly named, uh, that went up against K-Rock in sort of like the late 90s, and that that station got sold. So then I sort of bounced around, I did a bunch of, I worked in music videos, which I thought was gonna be like the next thing. I was like, all right, maybe I'll do this, because I was like, all right, my radio career is dead, because a friend of mine has a joke that a career in radio is going on vacation with your furniture, (laughs) because you literally just move every fucking six months to the next big gig, you know? So I was like, I don't want to do that. I have Such Asperger's. Business, like, I man. hate moving. Like, right. I've been living in the same apartment in L.A. for 20 years because yeah. I can't stand the trauma of moving. Of moving, yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I'm not, you know, I got offers. Because once you work in L.A., it's market two. But really, it's market one as far as the density of the, you know, the population that you're broadcasting to. So I had offers all over the place. And I was like, I'm not going fucking no way. anywhere. So I started working in music videos and I had some really <clears> cool <throat> music videos. I worked on the um, Hey Yaw video with uh, OutKast, which was- Oh, Yeah. Bananas. You worked on that video. Yeah, 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 and we weren't allowed to hear the song until the day that we fucking walked in. That's Andres. In. Basically. Yeah. Do you know
0: I mean, you probably do know this, but I they, that song became such a hit. You know, like yeah, huge an, an international. Like it was smash, smashing in you know English the New as a, Zealand, New Zealand, a, a, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, Japan, whatever. And they like I think it was like PBS did kind like not w- exactly what you do. They did this like study, a breakdown of this song, and they found that it had so many um, like pleasing to the ear but, notes right, right, yeah, and yeah, melodies, yeah. and that that like like parts of it they would like isolate and go, this is like a a a, a little snippet of music that basically everyone's ears right like, jam to. Uh, the yeah, way that they like, phrased it was different. Like it doesn't matter what your language is, what yeah. culture you came from. And then they were like. All the, at least the way that I remember was that like Andre had written everything and they're like, he doesn't know how to write music. No. So he would just be like, this is the drum, this is, and then, but not
1: from like, you know, C major to D. Total feel. Just feel. Total feel. In fact, so I worked on that video. And uh, I don't, do you, you remember it? Like he played each of the different yes. characters in the band. And then he'd so be we, like five people on screen. So we, we had like the telecrane so they could repeat the same process over and over again. so the, I was in the art department and one of the people from one of the producers came and was like, does anybody here know how to play any instruments? Because Andre doesn't, but he doesn't want to be a dick and play the bass and not have the fingering be correct to the uh, song. Cause he, this is when we're shooting the video. So he's still, they haven't even thought of this. I haven't even that. thought yeah. of this. So I I hired a friend of mine for like 500 bucks to sit in a trailer and show him how to play the bass line because he wanted, when they closed up on the the bass, he didn't want to be the guy who was in the wrong place on the fretboard. Like he wanted to look like it was fucking real. So I worked on that video, which was amazing. And the thing with that video that was crazy was that we heard the song for the first time that morning. And then, you know, music videos, you hear it for fucking 14 hours. And the crazy thing was, it's the first time I've ever done a music video where we were not annoyed by the song at the end of it. You're driving home being like, and the first time we heard playback, right? The first time we heard playback, we were like, holy fuck, we're working on a smash. You just knew it. We knew it. Yeah it was just irrepressible dude and you're yeah. like it's, it's like going to get your cup of coffee at the, at the shoot and you're like eh, yeah, yeah. I'm
2: fucking singing the freaking
1: thing everything like couldn't escape it the melody the hook the you the know the vibe the sh- shake the, it like the, a Polaroid yeah, picture, a picture like yeah. all the things that shake he it, created it, shake, shake. yeah, it's, like the iconic moments throughout the whole thing so but once again the problem with it was that it wasn't about the music it was an advertisement for a song and then they would just move on to the next one and I was like I, need, I want to be able to care about the music so then I started working at Sirius and I was on the radio at Sirius for like eight years. <clears throat> and I started doing just vocals on, mm-hmm. a, on a show with a, a guy d- uh, named Jason Ellis. And we I started, know Jason yeah, Ellis. Yeah, yeah. So I started doing the vocals with him on that show. And from there... Where I tried you would to, just strip out music and play vocals? I would just do the vocals. And yeah. I tried to do a whole song. And he was like, "Man, nah, I'm not really interested in going through the whole thing. Just do the, just do the vocals. And I was like, cool. So I did the vocals. It was a really good bit. Worked really well. And then I left Sirius and I started working at a place called The Sound with a guy named Mark Thompson. Mm-hmm. And I, that was when the first time I started doing the, um, the full song on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I turned it into a live show. And that's really the, that's the whole thing. When you say a live show, you mean... There's an audience the whole nine yards. Go to a venue. Yep. Yeah. I'm doing one actually coming up on... Um, the 24th of this month, the July 20 no, July 24th. Yeah, and so basically it's a 2-hour show. It's an hour per song, but this one's going to be Bohemian Rhapsody which takes an entire fucking 2 hours to do. It's bananas. Um and it's all improv and I just sit down, I have the Pro Tools screen up on a huge screen and then I get to show pictures Dude. and sort of do the whole thing and contextualize it and then we go through the song piece by piece by piece. That's very cool. So that's that's really what Where is that one going to be at? That's going to be at a place called the Segastrom Center in uh, Costa Mesa. And will you be doing more of these? Yeah, I'm good. That's, I mean, this is what I was doing before. That's why I, sp- I started doing it on Instagram. I got it was you. Like, I, I was oh, the... so it was always like a live. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I got to the point before COVID where I was like, I was doing two shows, two weekends. I was doing a weekend in LA at two different venues. And then New York, I was doing a, a, a show, uh, uh, Chicago, and San Francisco. So every month I was doing your fucking bit and traveling every weekend and doing it in cool venues like here. It was the two 200-person two venues uh, through MI in LA and then a, a facility in San Francisco. And then my friend has a high-end uh, audio shop in New York. So we're listening through like a half a million dollar stereo system, which is just fucking bananas. And it's like a small crew. So basically what I had to do was like similar to you guys, I would have to do what I call like break open a city and I would have to go and cause you can't tell anybody what I do. Yeah. It's, like, uh, just, it's, hard it's the worst fucking pitch, which I kind of love pitch, but this, this, is is pitch. Pitch. Right, this is the pitch. This is the pitch. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can't be, well, yeah, he, he yeah. does a thing. Do you, and like, then... do you like just hearing like one instrument? <laughs> <laughs> for like, <laughs> yeah. And then another one. And yeah. then sometimes three, yeah. you know, it's like, and then, so it was really hard to, to elevate a pitch it which is actually kind of like a point of pride for me uh, that you can't. So similar to the fact that it's not archived. So, Basically, I would have to go to a city and like do for, do it for like 20 people in somebody's living room. And I would do it for like six months and get enough people for an email list and then find a 200 person venue. It's dude. And it was like a grind. It's bro. the coolest fucking show. And like, <laughs> I'll tell you, like, I, you know,
0: you. I, I did the, I, I went to the, I were on Instagram. Again, I'll tell you at the session, at the session IG live. You should follow it and, you know, it'll post, like, you'll see a promo a feed shot or tags about like tonight or this week and then you got to be there at that time which I, I, again I think is a very cool aspect of it <clears throat> so i really enjoyed the shout one i I, did, I jumped in on a couple mj ones and then i just happen like i happened to see you know scrolling through that you're doing um dayla Oh, right, yeah. and I was like, "No, because like, I thought it was just gonna be like more like rock stuff." Yeah, right? yeah, no. So I go, "You got to be kidding me!" So I I jump in on that one. That one I I absolutely lost my mind because <laughs> not only was I a huge De La fan, um, and you know it was so fun to to feel that, but the other cool thing about these is you know especially if you're in hip hop, hip hop does a lot of sampling, so it's you know it's one of the fun things. There's like this one Spotify station that plays. I forget the name of it, but it plays only music. That's been used. That's been used in samples. Yeah, yeah, that's and so great. so like every time you're like, oh that's that Nas song. Yep. That's it. and it's the you know, the show it's a song that's forty or fifty years old or something. So we're like you're going through it and then one of the coolest things I think about these is in that case, you know, you had um there was something, I think they sampled like a loose ends.
1: Yeah, it was like the P-Funk loop and then the loose ends
0: loop. So, but and- then that that break of like, okay, you're hearing it here and then you start playing the loose and you're like, I don't even know this song. Right? <laughs> right. And so, and the excitement that you feel like, because there's nothing more, like everybody is tied to usually a, 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 a music that they, from a certain time in their life. And for most people, it's like, kind of like teenage years through being like 25, like that's yeah. like your foundation i mean you have other things you listen to but there's that right and there's nothing more exciting than hearing i think if you like music hearing a song that you've never heard and going oh i like this like <laughs> right, this is yeah, all that, this is a new discovery that discovery, thing, that yeah, discovery. Yeah. and so there was the loose ends and then the Cass is dead pat's earrings <laughs> Oh, do pat's earrings so is fucking bananas <laughs> my buddy jeff tate who's a great comic and also like a real music head and especially a petty fanatic right like The dude, like, if you were doing a Petty song, he could jump in with stories that you're like, I did not, like, he just knows everything about them. So, but I know he loves music so much, so I have him. I go, you gotta jump in on this, man. So he jumps in, he's watching the De La one, and then he's like, like the next day, all day we're texting back and forth, Pat's fucking earrings, man. Because I listened to it like 25 times. Isn't that
1: song fucking incredible? Unbelievable. And dude's flow dude, is, yes (laughs) yes <laughs> is yes it's yes the, but all of it like the
0: way yeah just even the opening you feel like the the song feels like a movie it's yeah, no, like it's a brilliant build to it like Did it's you a watch real the video show. yes
1: with it's, the mask dude like nobody knows what this motherfucker looks like yeah look at this. like at first shot i was like this motherfucker looks weird <laughs> i didn't know the mask and then, yeah and then the best is that he started his career as kaz uh-huh. and then he killed it kaz is dead and then he came back as kaz is dead unreal and, and the, the the lyrical storytelling of that song was like if you i actually did a i have a podcast called man versus radio that i sort of stopped doing because i just got bored of it it's a, it's a thing on soundcloud but i sat and actually broke it down line by line because if you're not english there's a lot of english vernacular and, were, and gang were, slang in there you were
0: breaking that down which was also you know uh yellow cake oh yellow was, cake was, and that whole fucking yeah. thing
1: i mean it's like the the the, the whole, uh, late model, C, uh, the CSL on a late plate. And like Americans yeah. wouldn't understand what sure. a late plate was. So yeah. I, I went and basically did it line by, by line. I, so you really take a underst- break from moving freight and Dude, all Taking that. a break yeah. from, from, moving from moving freight, freight yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's like a story. Like it's, it's like that thing that Raheem was so good at, which is like the story in one line. Right.
0: Well, there's like, that's the difference really. If you, if you love hip hop, especially um, between, you know, there's, there are MCs who are just like, well, cat rhymes with, with mm-hmm. Matt. And like that's right. the, yeah, And yeah. then there's the guys who can tell a story and have run and yeah. metaphor, and, and you're like, oh, this is I don't know. I mean, I I remember one time I I did um uh, I had Big Daddy Kane on, and I was like, so did you read a lot or something? Like, how do you yeah, know yeah. so many? Right, you know, because obviously part of it is just like an innate gift. Yes, like just being able to tell these stories yep. and make it all work. It's just brilliant. But what I love about what you hosting it is a your enthusiasm is contagious, so that the view where you get enthusiastic because you see you enjoying it. But the other thing is like, it's, it's the same thing that's great about like a great broadcaster. If you love sports, let's say you like football. Like I like watching football. There are certain broadcasters where that you realize the job of the broadcaster is to highlight things, teach you things, right. but not in like a condescending way. And so, you know, I'm watching a football game and you just see, like I see, oh, they scored a touchdown. Like that's cool, it's exciting. <laughs> And then on the reap, like immediately the expert, in this case, you're the expert with with the music, but like that broadcaster goes, Well, here's what like right away. He's like, see, what happened is the safety came up and the quarterback realized that he was in zone coverage. And then he turned this way and he called an audible. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't even right, realize right, right. that yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like you're doing a version of that where it's like, yeah, I could listen to it and be like, Yeah, this sounds cool, but you breaking it down whether it's the slang or like what like where that music originated from makes it more exciting. And then you feel like you're not just enjoying the music, but you're like, you're getting more in-depth knowledge. Like you're learning something about it. So it's well, it's an you. awesome experience, man.
1: Yeah, that was the, the uh, thank you. Uh, it's, you know, one of the things when I was talking, you know, I've been in millions of skull crushing conversations with labels and TV people yeah. and blah, 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 blah. You know, one of the things was like, well, I mean, obviously you couldn't do this with like hip hop. And I was like, no, of course you can. Sure. You know, I'm like, and the cool thing about hip hop is that, you know, especially if you look at that peak, like 90s era where the, where the sampling is really at its, the high point of its game. I love being able to pull, because that was one of the things, like when we got into town with PM Dawn, like the first thing that I had to do was to find B like the local record shop. Yeah. And then he would do a van run and go and spend- Crate dig. Way too much money. And then he would sit, and I got him a, a 1200 and a mixer and headphones, and he would sit at the back of the tour bus- and he would just needle drop. And they would just I would just sit, see, and they'd have the back of the record and he would write like, you know, three minutes in, two second loop, blah, 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 blah. And each of them was catalogs, dude. So when he got back off of tour, he already had the framework. So as a, you know, I was a huge hip hop fan when I was coming up on Long Island and to be able to, you know, be in the room with these dudes and like learning the culture from them. Like I had, so we had to do a, um, we had to do a, a radio edit of the Gravediggers record. Mm-hmm. And Prince Paul was... Like, not into the idea or the radio. Yeah. Right? So it was like, we thought the whole album, not the song, like the yeah, whole the album. album yeah. So he hits me up and he's like, Yeah, he's like, I'm not doing this on my own. I need you to come to the fucking studio with me. So we go to Hit Factory. We're sitting there and, and Paul is a fucking maniac. And he was like, It turned to the engineer. He was like, Yeah, man, what sample libraries do you have? Because this is back in the day, like CDs, right? Wasn't yeah. Like the internet didn't exist. He's like, What sample libraries do you have? And the guy was like, Oh, you know, we got racetrack, blah, blah, blah. He's farm animals. And she's like, Farm animals, perfect. And we sat there and for like, four hours crying out fucking eyes out because the radio edit version of that album will be like yo mother and it and he was, dropped it in dropped in just farm animals exclusively for the whole fucking record that's hilarious <laughs> ridiculous like four hours really doing things for the laugh for is, the laugh yeah, yeah. which is like part of his that's, shtick the whole which thing is like
0: it's also a like it's a type of hip-hop guy the guy right. that goes like you know there's like the tough guys and then there's like the silly guys right. and it's like and then there's the genius
1: clown guy yeah yeah who's like if you can get a laugh out of it as well i Uh-oh. mean dude listen to gas face yeah yeah gas face is ridiculous dude, me myself and i is is preposterous
2: preposterous
0: you know? i i think about a lot recently like how brilliant shock g was that oh, you know, he dude. just passed and like i don't think a lot of people realize the level of meta i mean first of all his piano skills yeah. were incredible his producing skills. Creating Humpty as a character as like, a character, like I don't, I didn't realize he was a character for a long time. <laughs> you watching video, you're right, a kid right? And you're like, they're shocked, you yeah, 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 right. And then like when you see him do it, like without, and you're like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. and and then you realize that he created this whole yeah. thing. Did you watch the Hip Hop Evolution series? No, the, oh, dude, no, oh, oh, I watched the um, is it? There's been, I feel like there's a few now. I yeah, watched it's like the five, one. it's
1: like five seasons. I watched the first fine. two
0: seasons because Russell Peters, think, uh, yeah. produced. If that if that's the one, did Russell Peters produce that? No, this is Banger in Canada did this one. Okay, uh, Russell produced one that's or his EP on one that's on Netflix. Yes,
1: it might he might be involved in this one. Okay, is it is it that? Let's see if Hip Hop Evolution. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, nice. So I Russell's did watch, involved. Yeah, 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 I watched two seasons of this. I've so, not finished
0: it, and I've also heard there's a great Hulu one that I haven't gotten to where they're telling like stories. I haven't seen that one. Started yet. Started on FX, and now on oh, Hulu. Oh, interesting. And they're telling like real. Okay in-depth stories
1: well the one with the 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 hip-hop evolution is so they do it like basically from geographical things so when they get to the oakland stuff is dope because they have a bunch of interviews with shock g yeah and you get to realize the dude is so fucking smart, so man. Smart. <laughs> so smart, yeah. So fucking smart. I watched
0: smart. an interview with him where I was like, holy shit. Ho- it's you unbelievable. You as a consumer, you see guys like in videos and you right. just think like, oh, dude, just talk shit. Right. You know, you don't realize the thought put into some of this stuff. And I they, have my own, by the way, uh, Maceo story.
1: Oh, do you really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Please. It didn't end well. So <laughs> I met him at a show. He came to a show and he was like, I was opening for someone and he was like, you were hilarious. Like, and I was I was blown away. right? You know, this is like, Man, this is more than 10 years ago and i was like it just i couldn't even rap. i was like thanks and then he was like uh you know if you ever need music for anything like hit me up and i was like what and he's he's like take my number and i go okay take his number one day i um i just decided to call him and he's like yeah wh- what's up and i was like uh just what's up man i <laughs> started just asking him questions but did like essentially just a phone call with me and let me ask questions. He was like, no, "I'm not any on any of the celebrity star bullshit." Right, but right. Just talk to, me, ask him questions about making music and like when you knew it was like the right thing, when you knew. It. And and he he was so open and honest and and then I go, you know, you said uh, if I ever need a song and I was making a short, like a short with my friends, with like a really small budget and I was like, I need a song for it. And he was like, "All right, I'll send you some music," and he sends me tracks, and wound up using one. And then I was coming back to, uh, to Florida, and I go, um, he hit me up and he goes, I'm coming to the show, I'm bringing my, my girl and my mom. And I was like, oh, awesome. And he comes to the show, and it's packed, and I, I do some real off-color stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, they collectively boo me, like 350 people. Right? And I was like, oh shit. And then, and I, I had really like pushed like, I, I won't get into that, I'll tell you right, that, right, but yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I was able to put the show back on the tracks and, and like the comedians were like, it was the kind of show where the comics were like, you really went for it on that one, that was crazy. But like, they were like, give me props. Right, right. But um, afterwards he was like, hey man. <laughs> on that track that, then we didn't talk again <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Mazio. <laughs> yeah uh,
1: that's a uh, that's a tough one that's a tough
0: one man you yeah.
1: you got the whole room boo in you
0: yeah, it was a really offensive joke i'll tell you off my yeah I, please i, I don't wait. need to, to do it in this era. <laughs> its uh, it was twelve years ago, but yeah it was pretty good
1: yeah there was uh there was a couple times on the road where I, I actually tried to a friend of mine who wrote a very i i won't throw him under the bus, but he wrote a very successful movie that's actually celebrating its release today and we he was like he's like we need to write the fucking story of your grave diggers experience yeah. like we need to do this and we wrote it and realized that we had to shred it immediately and that nobody could ever oh, yeah. read it oh yeah it's, it was just impossible you're well, like these people <laughs> have families now man <laughs> <laughs> they're respected members of the community like, yeah, god damn yeah so it was uh it, it was an, a, an, an amazing journey to to get to this point and now this is you know the 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 covid thing was such a dick punch for obviously everybody but i had spent so long fucking gear grinding to get to the point where this thing was something that i was doing and was generating income and was growing and really sort of building and then it was like and i was losing my shit and basically got saved by doing a bunch of research to work out how to plug my phone into a mixer and then i was like i guess this is the way to do it and now what's crazy is that you know like that my favorite thing is when i'm doing it and folks like you show up and then Jimmy Jam shows up like Paz from fucking day law sent me a message the next day. And because we've been talking cause he started showing up when I was doing MJ Yeah. and I sent him a fucking message and I was like, yo, I'm doing day law tomorrow night. And then he fucking sent me the next day. He's like, man, I fucking didn't get this message. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, the fact that I'm having a communication with, with you with pause about yes. Day law is crazy. And then, so I did Houdini the other night. I didn't miss, I missed it bananas good. I mean, so good. And then some guy hit me up and obviously ecstasy passed away, but, uh, it was Jaleel, whatever the uh, the other fellow's name is, uh, one of his friends hit me up and I sent him the the screen recording of it. And like, to be able to send people that have made this music, this version of like having their, you know, all of the feedback that I get from them is, is the, the, to, to have somebody go through and show other people how much thought, was mm-hmm. in what they were doing Yeah, is like the highest compliment is that they the, can be is. paid because it that's is. nobody consumes it. We don't get to consume it in this way. You know, And I know in between, by the way, in between like the video thing and this, I also made records for major labels was in bands and did the whole thing. So I've also been in the room for all the moments that I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, like I've been in the moment in the room when the spirit walks in and a song just plays itself in front of you. And you know that you literally did nothing. Yeah, It just, like, your hands are it's moving. Like universe. Yeah, and of, you're yeah. just like, where the fuck is this coming from? Yeah. You know, so I've actually been in the room, and then having, you know, been on stage, like, uh, like when I was on the road with PM, because I, I love B so much, so I'd be at the side of the stage, like, jumping up and down, because the fucking music, and he came over to me one day, he's like, yeah, man, he's like, you need to come out and fucking do that in front of everybody. He's like, get the whole crowd jumping. So I was like, okay. that's, I'm like, that's now my job? So I would come out for the two, there was a song called Plastic, uh, and then I forget the other one, but anyway, so I'd come out for them and, you know, we, the, the Peter Gabriel tour ended at the golden gate park with like 250,000 people. And you're like standing on front, and I'm not paying an instrument. I'm like literally a hype man jumping up and down, but I'm jumping up and down in front of like 250,000 people. Dude. And That's, you're like, this experience is so unbelievable, man. yeah, Like, you know, entertaining 200 people is one thing entertaining 250,000 people is one thing so to have all of these different and having been a drummer and a producer and all that stuff this is my favorite thing that I've ever done because it's all of my loves in one yeah and I think you can feel it you know and
0: and it's just it speaks to like how I mean amazing and what the great equalizer that music is because it it reaches doesn't matter your background your what you do for a living where you're from it's like music just it infects people you yep. know and it's just it's so, cool. so let's talk about today because yes. we talked about man it was so hard <laughs> you <laughs> kept sending me like fucking moat i was like yeah and then you're saying the how Motown about that shit is banana oh uh, we're gonna have to do it sometime but like we 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 were talking about a whole bunch of uh, options and then we finally
1: landed on beastie boys yes what you want which so. is you know like i think you're how old are you I'm Forty-two. So, oh, actually, you're, you're fucking ten years younger than me. Son, I look fucking fifteen years older <laughs> than you. But yeah, yeah. So, so th- the, so the Beastie Boys are happening for you. Are they happening in real time or are they happening retroactively? No, they're happening in real
0: time. It's like so. When I'm a kid, like I remember being a kid, and it's, it's funny because <laughs> we were talking about watching the Apple documentary. As a kid, when you when you see Fight for Your Right to Party, you're like, right. that's fucking awesome. Yeah, but I was like seven or eight or right. something i don't know remember the exact age yeah and, you would have been think, seven or eight yeah thinking yep. that like yeah I, I get why this is popular you know it's like a party thing i didn't understand what fight for your right to party meant right i'm just right. thinking like that type of music to like being seven or eight is and like, then
1: those three clowns
0: yeah and they're clowning around sure, and, sure. and you're like this is great and then at yeah it basically they evolved as i evolved oh good point you know so right. i kind of would i would go through the different eras you know, yeah eras of them and and I saw them once live. I saw them at Universal Amphitheater when it was still yep. there, 6400 seat place. And it was an amazing show and that was that would have been in like 2004 or 5. And so so that's after the 3 the 5 Boroughs record. Yes. And but and they're playing live instruments right, of course. it's a, it's a it's whole it's a show. Yeah. I mean it was a real show, stage rotates and then everyone's has like these like uh kind of like wedding singer kind yep. of suits on but they were like uh they were red and black and it was just an incredible show and they would play uh you know songs from different albums but like th- at the time that album god i forget the name of what would it just come out around it, it's not
1: hello nasty is it? oh it's the one with um it might be it might be hello nasty yeah pull up yeah so let's see the Years of release. Oh, Helen, nasty's ninety two. So
0: sorry. Uh, to the, hot Sauce Committee. Right. Well, to the uh, to the boroughs is 04. Yep. So I would have been see- like that. Would have been the, yep. to the Five Boroughs. Would have been like the new album then.
1: Which, by the way, if you haven't not you but the listeners if yeah. you haven't checked out the Five Boroughs, listen to that because that's their love letter to New York after September eleventh. Yes. So that's them talking because they had you know decamped to California and then they went back to New York and then September eleventh happened. Yeah. So that's yeah that's a great that's I mean dude because the thing about that record is you look back at all the things that they're pulling from to paint that set list together, you know yeah. what I'm It's fucking bananas. It's bananas. Dude. Bananas. Um, so that, so you were, yeah. Cause for me, the thing that the beastie boys did when you're, you know, I was a senior when licensed to ill came out mm-hmm. and it was like the first, it was like a musical version of jackass. Cause it was the first time that you could see a bunch of, Kid, like three kids and be like oh these are my friends like these are the same people yeah. and then you imprinted on who you wanted to be in that organization you know sure. like everybody wanted to be oh. mca i was oh, yeah. Ad rock yeah. which yeah. sucked but yeah. you know yeah. like I'm, yeah because ad rock's great but i really wanted to be mca you know oh like, yeah. Yeah. yeah you sure did <laughs> you know um that you have a so it's it's a it's kind of a it's a so that the did you do did you do stuff on sirius have you ever done anything over there uh, I've been a guest on, all right. on stuff over there. So, Sirius is the Kaiser Permanente of radio. And uh, they, you know, like if you're a jock over there, it's you're basically just leaving voice messages. Like you're not sitting there playing it live and all that. Yeah. like you do the fucking show in 10 minutes and then the computer puts it together and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Then I would do shows like five days in advance so I didn't have to work. So I could just work on records. So, MCA passed away on the um, on a Friday. And my program director called me up and was like, "Yo, man, you've tracked your shows all weekend and MCA just passed away, so we can't have you on the air and not be talking about the fact that MCA passed away, so can you, you know, you gotta come back and redo your show. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So I go into the studio and uh, I'm about to crack the mic and, you know, one of the things that I, you know, wanted to have always with my serious show was that it had to feel like I was doing it live even though it was all fucking tracked. So I was like, whatever happens when I open the microphone... I has to go out. Like, I'm not going to delete it. I'm not going to edit it. It's whatever happens in real time. You're I'm telling gonna, them this. This is in my or brain. In your mind, okay. So I opened the mic and, you know, announced that MCA had passed away and I started to cry because it's a, it was a huge, he's a, he was the first of ours. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. It's meaningful to you. It's, it's meaningful if you were a high school, a dude in your senior year of high school on Long Island in 1987. It's the fucking soundtrack to that whole summer. It's a yeah. soundtrack to your life and so I got you know I'm an emotional poon so I got I got a little bit emotional about it and then tracked the whole show but then, but then I had to track the whole weekend so by Sunday if mm-hmm. you were listening to all three days yeah by Sunday you're listening in the car and I'm still sniffly about it you're like yo dude you need to fucking get yourself looked yeah, at you, you know get yourself <laughs> together man <laughs> Oh, you're by his brothers or something? Yeah. Like we get it. Yeah. I mean it was a you're big sad. deal, right? All right.
0: <laughs> but this is Come on. it's a little
1: bit much. You know what I'm saying? It's a little yeah. bit much. Um, yeah, but that's
0: how it can affect you. I understand. Especially
1: that. for you know, this this and that's I think is the really beautiful thing. And then you see that in the documentary when you watch that it's not even a documentary, when you watch that thing that they did, yeah. which is the same way to describe their book, is you realize that it it was there it's it's a magical tale. Yeah, yeah. It's a magical. I mean, the fact that the Paul's boutique it thing work. It shouldn't have worked, and the fact that the Paul's boutique thing happens because they literally stayed at somebody's fucking house that In LA. had a huge closet of all of those outfits. Yeah, and they were like, "All right, this is what we're wearing." No, and then they wore that, and then they made the
0: record. You know what's so cool about learning that too, though, is you go, you realize how much um, most of us just doubt ideas and right stuff, you know what i mean yeah good to, like, yeah excellent point yeah they just, ran with
1: everything you just run they, they were just like let's
0: fucking wear a dress yeah and you're like what's the worst that
1: could happen yeah
0: whereas like i feel like a lot a lot of people you know myself included sometimes sometimes you do that and you go that's a creative thing you did right. it but a lot of times you're like no i can't do that that would look you just start second guessing it right. and doubting it and like that's where kind of creativity just died i, I almost rather take that risk and die on the risk. Of course. Then going like, well, I just didn't do anything. Yep. And you're like, well, then you didn't do anything.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and the they, thing with them is that they had each other to, not yeah. only that, but it was like a closed loop, like a feedback loop of like, oh yeah, no, we better do that. I mean, yeah. that's what they say about MCA, right? Is like, he would disappear and three months later he'd come back and he'd know everything about mountain climbing. Yeah. And he'd go and disappear and come back and know everything about filming videos. Really I mean, unique dude. Completely unique human being. Yeah.
0: Man. I, and I met um, Rock. So I'm in I'm in I'm in uh, Montreal doing the comedy festival, and they pick you up and during the festival like any fe- there's, transport thing right van right. will pick you up and shuttling you around you're doing this show that show and that show and they're all over the city so they have like a local van, teams of transport people, I'm in the van going to the fucking venue and I'm like, looking over my shoulder I'm like is that fucking Ad Rock <laughs> in the van with us, and this is 2011 I'm like hey man he was like what's up I'm like. What are you doing here? <laughs> Why are you in the van? He's like, I'm doing this show, so he's doing a show with Bridget Everett at the venue that I, like on the show that I'm on. I'm like, you're on the show, and he's like, yeah. So Bridget sings, like she, I mean, she performs music oh, nice. in a, in addition to comedy. So it's like a comedy music thing. He's DJing it, so I get out of the uh, the van and, and I don't ever do this, but I'm like, can I get a picture? You know, right. I ask him. He's like, sure, man. And so the picture is, I'm like, hey, and he goes. <laughs> like that and I was like okay um, right on brand yeah right, right on, on brand, brand. Like, super upset to do it and, but then he was like alright man and then he walks in and he like DJs and asks for no like no one knows right like no had on parade there wasn't like hey one of the beastie boys is right there. it was all about Bridget and then about a year ago a little over a year ago I go to a Lakers game and my agency gave me they, they have a box so they gave me a few tickets to sit in the box And I walk in the box right behind Ad-Rock and a couple people. And dude, I I mean, it's like I returned into a child. So I I see him and I'm like, hey. He's like, hey. And And you know what I say to him? I go, did you do the Montreal Comedy Festival in 2011? And he was like, yeah. I was like, that's where I know you from. And then he's like, cool and then I <laughs> I just sit in my seat and I'm like that dude just thinks that I know I'm right, yeah. compl- like. and then so I go through my phone and I mean you know when you like a deep phone yeah, search deep, deep. to find that picture And I keep I mean I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking and I finally pull it up and then like there's like a break and I go hey check this out and I show it to him and he goes you just have that on your phone <laughs> and I was like well I looked for it he's like what happened to you and I'm like, I fucking lost weight, man. <laughs> He's like, all right. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why I fucking did that. And then this, so I turned this into a keeps fucking. Worse. Yeah, I <laughs> just turned into like a like a kid. Yeah. I was just you know, I just turned into a, like a nerd.
1: Because that you know, they as I said, like they were you know they they were us. Yeah, that yeah. was the thing. Like we, it, it was like the same thing that happened with the Sex Pistols in London for those kids, you know. Yeah. And I was, I've said a number of times that I'm I'm feel so grateful to have been in amazing cities at amazing times like i got to be in england from 1977 through 1983 like in london yeah so every day something was coming out of the radio that was like what the fuck is an adam and the ants what the fuck is a duran duran what the fuck is an elvis costello what the fuck is a fucking you know blowing your mind mode yeah oh the cure like so you know the same sort of like the clash dude like hearing the i remember sitting on my on the floor of them because there was a thing called top of the pops, which was like a half hour version of MTV before MTV existed where they would count down the top 10 and then play you new songs. and It was live shitty live performances where it was all dubbed uh, or, or, you know, like faked. And I remember watching the sex pistols on that. Yeah. And just having the sneering fucking, you know, Johnny Lydon and being like, oh, everything changes. Yeah, yeah. It's different starting today, the market, you know, like music's about to go in a direction. The same thing with the Beastie Boys, because it had been an exclusively, you know, it had been an exclusively black experience, hip hop up until then. And the way that I got hip hop was that I was in Long Island in Port Jefferson, which is like all the way at the end. And but we could hear Kiss FM. And Saturday night's DJ Red Alert DJed from the Red Zone Red in Lose. the fucking city. Mm-hmm. So this guy is pl- like, that's the first time I'm hearing Curtis Blow. And you know, the, the first song that concaved my skull, hip hop wise, was um, Schoolie D's fucking PSK dude. Uh huh. And I was like, which I've later found out they played by hand because he didn't have to program the drum machine. A lot of those guys back then were doing playing doing this shit. yeah yeah like yeah. jimmy jam the other day was talking about how on fucking uh rhythm nation he's like oh dude i played all that shit by hand he's like we just it was that was the way to make it feel wow but these dudes didn't know how to program the drum machine so they're just going and then doing that for a few minutes for a few minutes like and that's very hip-hop was like a seven minute long song dude like they were for the whole side of a 12 inch amazing so i was hearing all that stuff and big daddy kane at that point was fucking starting up so it was the first time that as a you know as a hip-hop kid i was like that's my friends and me, mm-hmm. and then all my rock friends are like, "That sounds like all of us, but yeah. it's just us being dicks." Like, yeah. what is this all about? Yeah. So they galvanize around these three dudes, and then we grow up with them, and we watch them evolve. You know, and that's the great, the beautiful thing about that documentary is like them addressing their own evolution. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's cool. And it's how cool once again
1: MCA is the dude who's like, "Yeah, man, we got to fucking cut that. We got to cut out. that bullshit." You know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure. So anyway, so let's get to the point okay. of the bit. So. Uh, the, the one we ended up settling on is uh, So What You Want, mm-hmm. which is a classic, of course, from 1992's Check Your Head. And uh, this is... Uh, so the, the band had left... New York, and they they moved to Atwater back when Atwater was like a fucking war. Now you it's a yeah. million dollars for a fucking sure. garage, but back yeah. then you could spend a million dollars and buy Atwater. Yeah,
0: Atwater for not people not familiar is like right in the Silver Lake area. You kind of cross that. Yeah, it's bridge. like the next one over. Next one over. So yeah. Basically,
1: the gentrification East hit Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it went like you know Silver Lake, fucking Las Feliz, and then yeah. Atwater was the final one. So they were at Atwater in '92 when nobody else was there. So they built this place called G Sun. Which was, when you read the book, it's crazy. Like, it's just an, a recording studio. They put a skate park. They got to put a basketball court in there. I mean, it's like a fucking, it's where everybody goes. Yeah. And just hangs. Yep. And they also had Grand Royal, which was their record label, and the magazine, and the whole thing. And they decided on this record that they were going to do a lot less sampling and go back. Because they started out as a, as a punk rock band called the, the Young Aborigines. Which is a amazing bad name, um,
3: <laughs> of course. So
1: bad, you know, Like that's what it's you call so it. So, so they, you know, they start as the young Aborigines, and so they wanted to get back to playing all of their instruments, and um, they had uh, been working with Mario C, who plays keyboards on it, and uh, I mean, sorry, Monty Mark, who plays keyboards on it. And Mario C was producing, so this is basically this record is is them one step further along on the the hip hop evolution of the band. So we start with the drums, which is Mike D. And the thing is like people don't realize that Mike D is a motherfucker on the on drums, drums. Like when yeah. you watch them live, dude. Yeah. I, whenever I do this this live, whenever I do any Beastie Boys live, I always show the um the I get Goosebumps just talking about it. Them on Letterman playing sabotage. Uh-huh. There's never been a more joyous performance of a band ever dude they really? are so fucking stoked and they know from note one like, hey like you move on I'm sure it, has, yeah. it happens to you like with a comedy set like you walk on stage and you know within the first sentence whether you're about to fucking fight the oh, next yeah. 45 minutes oh, yeah. or if this is gonna be gorgeous or oh, if this can gonna
0: be like a wave <laughs> you're just like
1: I'm gonna ride this fucking thing you can tell that the minute that they hit the first note they're like oh uh, we are on. riding yeah. this gentleman it's so fucking gorgeous so uh, I urge everybody to watch that performance but anyway Mike Dion drums And of course, they're looping it. Mm-hmm. But if we want, hold on. You know what we should do before we do that? Mm. Let's, let's just, we'll show you how sick a drummery is because conveniently for you, yeah. Sagora, we also can just quickly dip into, uh, where is it? This is where you really get to find out the level of musicianship because this shit's all live. So we'll just give you a brief, a brief moment of this. Before we go into the looping. This is Sabotage. Mm -hmm. And this is him playing this all live. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't... This is some real shit. That's dude. real shit. This is real it shit. It makes me wish I could play drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I can, and I wish I could play like that's- this.
0: So interesting to hear. Because you go, going, oh, yeah, that's sabotage, yep. but hearing it
1: stripped down. I mean, like it's yeah. it's straight hip hop, yeah. but it's punk rock. It's punk hip-hop. rock. That's hip-hop. what they're doing. That's yeah. what they're inventing, pretty much at this point. So anyway, this the the one that we're doing now is they played it and then they manipulated it and looped it, but it's still him. This is going to be a huge, by the way. Uh, Christina, my
0: wife's going to love this because she's she's a huge Beastie Boys fan, nice. but she's also a huge punk rock. So like
1: oh, it's her, perfect.
0: Yeah, she loves the Beastie Boys, and her origins always like the Clash. Um, Joy Division Great. She's, She tours as a comic Sometimes around what Bauhaus is doing <laughs> So like She's that's like I'm going to London I'm like, Bauhaus to doesn't London? even tour around she's what like, Bauhaus does <laughs> She's like yeah Bauhaus is there So I'm
1: like what the fuck are you doing Yeah Little comedy in Bella Lugosi's Dead
4: Is yeah. a hell of a combination <laughs> oh, yeah, <that's>, Thomas <laughs> Yeah I All right? didn't know that
1: So this sound Don't forget is also them inventing this sound Yeah So they basically just loop this all the way through, which is, you can hear the, you can hear the loop happen right where it snaps over. So then on bass, of course, you've got MCA and once again, what we'll do is we're just going to dip back to sabotage because Uh on sabotage, Uh so they say this in the book and I actually have a picture of it, which I'll bring up when I bring it live. When he discovered, and I don't have it on this card, because unfortunately it's on the Sabotage card, but there's a specific uh, distortion pedal uh-huh. that he discovered, and they all said when they heard him play through this, it was the sound of his soul. They were like, he was like, this is what I sound like as a human being. And when you hear him, that's why I watched that, that Letterman performance. He's playing through it, and this motherfucker is the coolest dude. He's so cool.
2: Ever? Yeah, yeah.
1: And he's literally standing there just playing this shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, I mean, it's just what is this sound? undeniable yeah it's badass it's badass yeah he gets to the stops he goes to, and then he comes out of it so that's the pedal sound that yeah, he's like dope. and they would and they heard him just fucking he just because it was typical mca he didn't like come to them and be like oh my god guys I just yeah. got. Literally all they heard was like him in the room one day going like and they were like, What, what the, the fuck, fuck is that? Well, it's him discovering the sound of his soul. So he's playing on this, but once again This has I uh, guess what you want also had like that filter for the vocals too. Oh yeah. Like that, that I don't we'll know what get, you call it. We'll then. get right to that, my friend. It's all coming. So the bass is, is what's brilliant about this song is the bass just literally does this. That's it. That's it? That's it. See.
0: This is something you would never I would never know this. Nope. I've heard this song 14,000 times. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah, dude. That's dope. <laughs> That's dope. God, I wish I was higher right now. <laughs> That's sick, man. It's amazing. Yes.
1: Like, could you imagine, like, being in the room, these fucking three dick bags like, no. living creating this, amazing, this? hanging out of this house in Atwater and, oh and, and, the, and just fucking, and they all have like pearls on right now and <laughs> wigs <laughs> and coming to work and be yeah. like, yo, yo, yo.
0: Here's me as a producer. I'd be like, you
1: got it. This is it. <laughs> Loop it, fellas. We're good. So that's, this is literally the engine room of the whole thing. It just does this. that snare it's, sound it's filthy filthy what i love about
0: this too like you know there's cert- there's a certain appeal and i don't know if it's maybe it's a human draw to it but i think it happens more with men is like something with like that just aggression you know yes. like the aggression of it just sometimes you want to feel that you want to feel the aggression like that that whole feel is i don't know it's like it's seductive right you just want to especially aggro. if
1: if you've ever been to a like watched a band play in a small club yeah. sounding even like, cause that's where they came from, right? Yeah. Once again, like their punk rock roots, it's the thing that they bring to hip hop that, you know, like there are, there were definitely, you know, black music, like bad brains and those people uh-huh. who they were huge fans right, of. Right. So they're like bringing all of these things and the dead Kennedy's having people of color in that band. So these two worlds weren't separate. It was like similar to the English experience of like the clash where was influenced by Don Letts as Don Letts was by The Clash, you uh-huh. know? So this cross-pollination is so vital to all of this stuff. And it's one of the things that gets really overlooked is how much the Beastie Boys brought punk to to hip-hop and how much of hip-hop they brought. There's no Rage Against the Machine without this fucking band. Right, right. It's impossible. Yeah. Because they're the guys who are doing this thing and be like... We sat here, and the minute of the beat, we're both bouncing yeah, our fucking yeah. heads. It's, if you put a gun to my head, I'd be like, I, I gotta bounce on. my head, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you just execute And it's the what, air. what's great about just pulling from everything, right? It's, like it's the it's what they did that nobody had done prior, and you know they painted themselves into a corner a little bit with you know the whole fucking early iteration of themselves. But when you read the book, you realize that that was a joke. Yeah. They, they were making fun of the dudes that they, they wanted that. to it was yeah. the, the frat guys with the dudes they hated and not like if you were a,
0: like a kid like I said when you you don't know that that's it's, like they were making huh. fun of that in the meta. video yeah the yeah.
1: whole thing was meta dude yeah. the characters yeah. that they picked yeah. were meta versions of themselves you're like this is it's so smart i don't know what to fucking do with myself all right so on guitar once again i love having sabotage as the reference because it, it's where you get to hear yeah. like, you know listen <laughs> Everything up until this point has been clean enough to eat off of. If you think that that was fucking dirty and dangerous, this guitar part that Ad Rock plays is stupid. <laughs> Gross. Ready? Oh. <laughs>
0: Whoa, <laughs> that's that's filthy too. Filthy. Yeah.
1: It's the filthiest of all. Of them. All right, so that's that's him at his filthiest. So he's hey, in, Ad-Rock. What do you got? <laughs> Let's give you a little That's taste. the sound of the face. Yeah, that, that, is, that, is, a, that is the sound <laughs> of that face. That's what that face sounds like. So he's a little more restrained on this because they're, you know, they're stacking. So he's doing, it's just this. Oh, yeah. So the two. Is that the whole, like, is that all he does? That's, he does that. And then when he gets to the chorus, he goes with this. Right. Which is a double tracked disaster. with the bass oh, so man, the bass man, on its man. own dude with the guitar and then you add the drums over the top <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> this, this is tight man <laughs> it's reckless I mean it's, it's open hi-hats So it's once again it's like the it's the it's the Tom Morello thing of turning the guitar into the turntable. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. the same thing, right? It's like that's the crossfade right. over onto the other deck. imagine them laughing the fucking asses off yeah also knowing that they're killing it like it's a beautiful and uh,
0: there's this thing too where that it feels like mayhem is about to begin it's on the brink it's on the brink the whole time it really feels like these gates are about to open you might want to get out of the way and when
1: you see them live that's exactly what it is Right. like the whole thing sat on the edge of chaos the whole time that's true but was completely restrained yes and then was also dude's loving every minute of what they were doing and laughing and laughing. I, I mean, their friendship is, I think, you know, like the fourth member of the band. That's so interesting to put it that way. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like they're, they, that's, what's really interesting about the book that I was disappointed at in the first time I read it. Spoiler alert, MCA dies.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay? <laughs> that sucks.
1: So the, the, I was, I was waiting for this fucking, you know, this, a whole chapter to, and it's literally one sentence. Mm hmm. And it's really interesting that they chose to do that. They do more of it, I think, in the documentary. They go into a little further. ad Adrock has that beautiful thing at the edge of the stage where yes. it starts to choke up. But the book, it's just literally a single sentence. About him dying? About him dying. And that's it. And it's a really interesting way of doing it because it's not the point of the book. It's not a memorial oh, right. to this person. It's a, it's a framing and then the loss of him. And it's your job as you read the book to imagine what that loss must have been like. They're not yeah. gonna hallmark card it and be you know. like, and we got phone calls and we couldn't, we sat in the room and, cr-. nope. And now you work out what we went through now that you've read this book and see how we felt about this person. Sure. You imagine what it was like to lose this dude. Yeah, yeah. Which is that's, a- That's a, a much more powerful- So much more yeah. powerful. And really, once again, unique way of doing it, which is what their whole fucking thing has yeah. been, dude.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting when you go, I don't know, sometimes you- you see it with like actors and you go like, "How do you, how, it feels like you've always make the right choices or something, you know, and yeah, feels like all their choices as wacky or different or
1: weird or unexpected. It all worked. Everything works. Well, I think one of the things that you'll find when you read that book is you realize they weren't choices. Yeah. The choices were made for them and, and they, they just to. showed up to the choice. Yeah. Which it's, is the lesson there is always show up. I just guess. show up. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, that was, you know, not that I would, you know, think in any way shape or form that I've done anything even remotely but like that was the thing with the with the Instagram version of my show it's like I have to fucking try to work out how to do this yeah and then simply by showing up like suddenly so that only happened that IG version happens
0: only because of the pandemic only because of the pandemic wow see isn't that cool that like yeah the way I keep talking about how different artists had to adapt to things you yep. know like we ended up doing ticketed streaming shows where we shot content and showed crazy content, but all of it, like we never would have done that. That's my right. point. Like we only did that because we had to adapt. I mean,
1: you never, pro- I mean, unbeknownst to you, I was doing this for fucking three years in LA, dude. Yeah. No idea. At least one show a weekend. At a with, venue. At a venue selling 200 tickets. And, and like doing this. Doing like, this. I'm so pissed. <laughs> I would have gone to this man well you'll come to one well actually what i want to do is we'll talk about it but uh one of the things that i want to do is uh so the live show is going to keep going but i'm going to start to uh so i've done some amazing shows with actual people involved in the music themselves and had some unbelievable moments with people who did the, the the songs um and one of the things that I want to do is like I'm not. It doesn't have to be people that worked on the songs or people in the band. Like I would love to sit and do a live version of you and I doing fucking a hip hop song that sure. you're in love with. Oh, why wouldn't you want to show up and see Tom Segura lose I'd love his to fucking do it. mind? Like you know, I'd what I'm love like to that's an amazing it. show, yeah, dude. Music nerds unite. Sold. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. All right, so we have a third stem, which is uh, the uh, if you're you know. Uh, if you come to the show a lot, you realize that the the extras stem is always the one that has some really cool little secrets in it. Uh huh. So I'm, I forget what's on this one, but I'm sure that there's. Oh yeah, this is the. Uh, so wow. it's not a sample that they're playing. That. It's Money Mark fucking playing this, dude. Like it's like how do you that showed up? Yeah, like you can literally take any kid from the '90s and be like,
0: oh yeah. Right there yeah. And you'd be like Oh dude it's oh, easy Yeah, yeah moving yeah. on What's the next yeah, one I want to ne- yeah, yeah. win the car I want to win the car Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so true
1: <laughs> With the tambourine And then the tambourine just goes
2: <laughs>
1: So that backbeat is happening the whole time And you realize When you take it out It loses a bit of the shuffle uh-huh that tambo is holding the whole thing together. Yeah. Tambourine. It's a secret. So then we get to this, we get a little bit of this. Oh. Alright, so what <laughs> oh that, so what that is <laughs> so cool. Is dude. that's a sample from this, which is the Southside movement. That's dope right yes <laughs> so this is um I've
2: been watching you.
1: i watch i've been watching you but this, this is what i was talking I'm... about I've
3: been watching you.
1: see i'll fucking download that today it's uh, and dude the whole fucking song is ridiculous i can tell deep if you put if you're putting this on at a house party people are like this shit's live we're gonna have Don't a party. So, the whole, so each of these little pieces that they pull out of this I've been watching you song are, you know, it's like fucking genius. And it's a, actually, there's a, uh, there is a Big Daddy Kane, um, that I actually have it on, it's on YouTube. Uh, there's a Big Daddy Kane sample in this song as well. Of course. Of course. So, you have this.
2: To Born!
1: And of course. Add rock. So if you add that to the guitars, it does this. And then you add the bass over the top of it. So brilliant, dude! So brilliant. All right, so they they bang through that, and then you get to the middle break, which is when it all goes. <laughs> like people don't understand the difficulty of making something that people cannot not bang their heads like just yeah bounce to yeah, is, yeah it's not easy to do man yeah yeah, yeah. Are like oh. i'm like no, no 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 you have to get some kind of biomorphic thing going yeah that just sits in just the right place for so, so you need to be like ah oh, man i'm in yeah. so the whole thing together Once again, the the Mark uh, Money Mark's organ part is playing as if it was a turntable scratching the record. Right. Yeah. It's the push it, to push and pull the way that he's yeah. It's brilliant. Which is another thing that's amazing about this group is that you know they surrounded themselves with equally unique fucking crazy people. Yeah. Who. Bought in on the conceit 110%. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there was never a point when anyone was like, I don't know, man. What do you yeah. really think I about? Mean, like fucking... <laughs> Bismarcky ideas and yeah, like there it sounds, yeah. it sounds like it's not really in like you know what no, I mean? no, no. With no. the echo? <laughs> With the echo? Everyone is like buying in hundred and ten percent. Um, all right. So this is the you know it, first off, let's dip back to sabotage real quick. Okay. Because sabotage is where the the so this this microphone is uh actually a um it's a Hello Kitty mic. For real? Yeah. That um that they had uh he didn't even do this. I think he did this at I don't think he did this at Mario's place. I think he did this at Marky at uh, Money Mark's house. And he went over and he tracked the whole vocal for sabotage at his house. And this
2: I can't stand it. I know you're playing it. I'ma send it straight this water game. So
1: they they're using just a regular mic there. And then when they get to this place, they have this distortion that this thing puts on the mic uh-huh. that you couldn't have created. Right. Would it would have taken you forever to be like sitting yeah, knob twiddling in a fucking yeah, studio. Sure. and be like, A little more mids. Yeah. Maybe some 50K. And instead it's like, nah, man. What we'll just called me in. And it sits. And that's just like some bullshit. Some bullshit Hello Kitty
0: microphone that they have. Again, had. though, a crazy idea where like, if somebody too reasonable is around you, they will be like, "Stop! Right? Can we, we to make be a little more record. serious about like, this?" We're and not joking around, fellas.
1: Hello, we're wasting time. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> right, Really, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna track a whole vocal on that and, and then that? come back and redo the whole come thing on, with the fucking Neumann. Yeah. But what's crazy about it is like. We'll just
2: ears, just like was Eddie
1: let it all play in its entirety in a second. But listen to how it sits. We'll just It can't get lost. You can hear every single fucking syllable, yeah. even though it's super distorted and yeah. it's on the top of this cacophonous fucking. I don't thing. even know why I understand it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. You're like, okay. And then on top of that, it's a fucking Hello Kitty microphone. So let's um, we'll just let the we'll let each verse play, and then we'll we'll come back. Uh, so that's one of the things that I do on the the Instagram live version. Is much as it's somewhat difficult. Is I, have to, I tell people to shut the fuck up during the vocals because it's a, really, it's a very invasive thing for a singer to hear themselves yeah. with, with what we call protection in the industry. Sure. Like when you work in a studio, like it's protection, is the music is protecting. And one of the experiences that I had that was really profound was I did this with um, Stone Temple Pilots and I did plush with them uh-huh. at the 25th anniversary of Core. And we went through the whole thing and it was, a really, it was a great, great day. Playing each stem and they're telling great stories and I have it actually on my phone. Uh, I played the vocal and we were doing it for a premiere. So everyone was sitting on headphones. So everyone outside of us didn't know what was happening inside the headphone world. So we played the, the vocal and immediately I see all three of their heads drop down. And I fucking tried to take a photo and the label guy took the photo and we sat through the whole vocal. And at the end of it, Dean, Delia, who's the guitar player, the brother, uh, he was like, I'm, I, I need a moment. And I was like, sure, sure take all the time in the world, and, and he's, he, when he came back, he was like, you should know that we were never allowed to hear Scott a cappella till today. Really? Because he was so insecure about his voice that we would track everything, and then we would get booted out, and we'd and go then smoke would... cigarettes, play pool, fucking go and get some food, and he and Brendan O'Brien, who is the producer, would track the vocal, comp it, which means you take different pieces from different takes, and you put together the main one, and then the way that Brendan works is he kind of mixes as he goes. So when we were invited back into the studio, we would hear it with delays and reverbs and it was basically a finished song. So we have never heard Scott sing a cappella on any of his recordings ever until today. That's astonishing. That that that, that even worked that, I, they worked that way. I just looked at them and I was like and then at the end of it like each of them hugged me and were like this was a cathartic day for this band, wow. man. They got really emotional. Because this was on top of, you know, I don't if you remember but the person who filled in for or took the place of Scott after he killed himself was Chester from, um, uh, from uh, what's the uh, yeah. uh, Lincoln Park, and who? Yeah, who also? So, and he had killed himself mere months prior, and these three dudes were like, "We feel like we're, you know, we're we're a cursed band, right?" And you, you and so for them to have this experience, like I was like, I, I, "I," you look at this photo, and all I could think of was like, "What is the what? Is, what are they seeing?" Yeah. Like what I wish I could plug a cable into their head to watch the experience of like what a, they've never heard. Think about that. The guy that they played. This with. is 25 years prior. They had never heard him the entire time, let alone this moment of their first record of their first hits of the first moments that the world is hearing Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. And then the, the morning and the anger and the fucking, like what? Yeah, it's powerful, man. It was powerful it's shit. Powerful. And I was you know, like I left so you that say, one. Don't talk during the vocals. I say don't talk during the vocals because the thing is is that you you're where it's a really it's a really invasive thing that we're doing and nobody's giving us permission to hear them. I mean, these yeah. guys probably don't give a shit. I don't think Adroc's yeah. gonna be like, Oh yeah, man, I'm flat. Yeah, I'm yeah. flat coming in off yeah. that second verse, son. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone I don't think these gentlemen would the care. The other advice you give, which is great, is wear headphones. Always. Yeah. And that's the only bummer about the Instagram version is that which if you're listening to this put headphones on because the Instagram is mono. Yes. It doesn't convert to stereo. So you gotta use the, headphones. The experience that I'm having in the headphones in it, it, which is one of the great things about the Instagram version is I've never been i would never sat and built these stems up in my head yeah. on headphones. So me hearing this mix come together yeah. like you're hearing it now, mm-hmm. like you suddenly hear where all these things are placed. It's, it's bananas yeah. and this is this shit. Imagine if it's a fucking Yes song or, you know, like a Beatles track and suddenly you're like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? So anyway, let's listen to uh, these three geniuses. Uh, ask us what we want.
2: What's well, just plug me in just like I was Eddie Harris. You're eating crazy cheese like you would think I'm from Paris. You know I get fly. You think I get high. You know that I'm going and I'm going to tell you all right. So tell me, who are you dissing? Maybe I'm missing. Listen, the reason that you smile in the wild, and so listen in my head. I just wanna take them down. Imagination set loose, and I'm gonna shake them down. Let it fall like a mudslide. Oh, when I get on i like a vibe and god
3: I got depth, the perception in my texture. I get pops up momentum because
2: affection. So what you want you? What you want? Are you so funny with the money that you brought I said, Where'd you get your information from, huh? You think that you can yeah, you can't front on that.
1: <laughs> Which, of course, dude, is the great Bismarck Yeah, of course. You know? And it's like no effects or anything. It's like literally him standing in the studio talking to one of these. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. front on that. You can't front on yeah. that. Yeah.
2: You can't front on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the beautiful thing is like with it's wild of,
0: listening to it acapella man right really yeah
1: because even with all of this distortion and this madness which flattens everything out the three of them are such clearly individuated people yes. yeah and you've got mca on one end and then you've got mike d on the other and then Adrock sits right i mean Adrock sits on the other and then mike d sits right in the middle yeah of the craziness mm-hmm. and the brilliance yes between yeah. the two of them it's
0: the dynamic is you know it's, it's gorgeous like, like with I um, I don't know, a television show when you go like, look at the chemistry that right. these this, these actors have together. It's yeah. like it's that same kind. It just works so well.
1: And then on top of it, when you read the book and you realize that also when they're writing the lyrics, they're trying to crack each other up. Mm-hmm. Like the highest compliment that they could be paid. As I laugh my was ass to have back. the yeah. other two yeah. be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. that shit. You're just stupid, man. Yeah, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. So, verse two.
2: Will they call me Mike T, the love of loving man, I'm like Spoonie G, well, I'm the Metro you're You scream screaming your heart i but my Chevy Impala, but the sweat is getting wetter,
3: and the thing around your calling oh, Like a dream, I throw it without no stopping, sweeter than a cherry, power ready with top, If Mike to Mike, mic, mic kicking the wall to wall, well, I'll be calling out people like a casting call. Oh, well, it's whack when you're jacked in the back of a bar, would you know what you
1: I mean the difference between these cadences it's yeah is unmistakable bananas yeah. dude yeah. like people are like oh there's just guys saying shit
3: over beat like, rocks like
1: frantic frantic yeah and mca is just like literally sitting there like i mean
3: it's like i'm flying without no stop here. sweeter than a cherry power ready with top if a mic on mic in the water.
1: Listen to the way, like, Adrock fills in inside the beat. Uh huh. Like, the snare is hitting and he's inside it, and MCA's on top of it and then pushing and pulling against it. It's
2: amazing. You're about and up
1: and
3: with this shit. Back.
2: This time, this time, I'm losing my mind. That's right, said, I think I'm losing my mind. This time, this time, I'm losing my mind. I mean, you make an
1: entire verse. Yeah. Out of the same sentence. Yeah. You just say it differently, and it's fucking perfect. I'm
2: losing my mind.
1: Because it's exactly what you would say if you were losing your mind. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I think I'm losing my mind this time this time i'm losing my mind that's right said i think i'm losing my mind this time this time i'm losing my mind biz yeah (laughs) you can't front on that (laughs) it's the greatest payoff and i love that this
0: this has um one of there's an element of hip-hop especially if you started listening at the at the beginning of it you don't hear as much these days, but the the genre, the lane, the thought of it is my shit is nice. Like right. I, I'm good at this. Yeah, this I'm, I'm on. I'm dope. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. Like there's, you know, there's just mentions of that throughout. That right, like, you don't really now. It's totally different, and you know, things evolve and change, or whatever. But that was a staple of hip hop. Everybody had at least lyrics about how dope they are. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. It,
1: otherwise, what are you doing the yeah, job for? Yeah, man, course. you're not walking up because you're insecure. No, I'm the shit.
3: But little do you know about something that I talk about. I'm tired of driving us through time that I walk about. But in the meantime... I mean, this is...
1: Yeah. It's... The wordplay, too, man, like, it's just... It's unbelievable. You know, like, I, one of the ways that I, I try to... introduce, You know, I use... One of the tools that I use to introduce... You know, because uh, some of my audience doesn't really enjoy hip-hop. You yeah. Know? And they, t- to them, it's, it is fucking a racket or whatever. And I'm like, the way that you have to listen to a hip-hop vocal because of the journey that hip-hop took and where it came from is don't listen to it as a vocal. Listen to it as a trumpet solo. Mm. Listen to it as a saxophone solo. Do you know that um, one thing that I've always
0: had trouble with is following lyrics? Because I hear lyrics as instruments. Oh, wow. So, like, in songs, sometimes I'll be like, I, I love this song. And I'll listen to it a hundred times. And it's not until somebody like sits with me, like gets in the car, and they'll either point out, like, oh, you know, like whatever the meaning of the song. I'm like, what meaning of what song? And (laughs) and they're like, you never, I'm like, no. Yeah. I just, I don't, I have to really focus, dial in to hear like the words and the mean of all types of songs. Ah. Like even whether well, doesn't matter if it's rock or Sometimes I'll be like, I didn't realize how fucking filthy this song was. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, it's not all about pussy juice dripping down or like, like this is crazy. But I, I get into like the melody of it, right. the sound of it. Yeah. 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 So like, I actually feel like I hear lyrics as
1: Already is that. Yeah. yeah. So once you, once you, you look at hip hop from that perspective and you see it as a, a further evolution of the jazz world, Mm-hmm. And you realize that, you know, like the, if you've, I don't know if you saw that Biggie documentary, but I didn't realize this and that the, the one of Biggie's neighbors was this uh, old black guy and he was a, a jazz dude and he had introduced Biggie to a bunch of stuff and was saying that basically Biggie was the drummer because, and then they played drum tracks and then Biggie's acapella and you're like, oh shit, Biggie rapped as a drummer, as a drummer. the drum beat is the thing. So these guys, it's, it's, it's this is. I mean, what? Is, how is this not a fucking a trumpet solo?
3: But little do you know about something that I talk about. I'm tired of driving us through time that I walk about, but in the meantime, I'm wise to the demise. God I was in the back of my head, so I realize Dr. Spock, I'm here
0: That is also with with hip hop too, there's a very I think there's a more limited number of people that are hard to mimic. And like oh, yeah. to try to mimic that is very difficult. It's impossible. You know, like I remember like first hearing like Tretch, you know, like, yep. I'm like, oh, like that, the cadence, the word plays, breath control, buster rhymes, I'm like, i can't fucking duplicate that, and like that would be hard to duplicate. Did you hear opP the other night no. <laughs>
3: But little do you know about something that i talk about i'm tired of driving us through time that i walk about but in the meantime i'm wise to the demise god, I was in, the
1: in the meantime i'm wise to the demise the, the fucking mean, rhyme scheme inside the sentence yeah. in the
3: meantime i'm wise to the demise god i was in the back of my head so i realize well, i'm
2: i'm here to rock you i want you off the wall if- Wall. I said, What you want you, what you want? I said, What you want you, what you want? Your suckers write me checks, and then they bounce, so I reach into my pocket
1: for the flesh, and, and then they bounce. Yeah. That's, suckers so write fun. me checks, yeah. by the way, and, and then, then they, they bounce. bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suckers
2: write me checks, and then they bounce, so I reach into my pocket for the
1: I reach into my pocket for the fresh amounts Amount. yeah
2: yeah it's yeah. 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 so dope it's ridiculous the the cleaner on the illness but from here to we as cool as a in the bowl my back reason but yeah, no course. what if you're hot do you think it's slicker than Grease? I got news for your crew,
3: you'll be sucking like a leech.
0: If you were cooler <laughs> as a cucumber in a bowl of hot sauce, <laughs> you're saying I'm, I'm my shit is nice, dude. Yeah. I'm the dopest yeah. motherfucker here. Yeah, and then
1: you gotta
2: Do you think it's slicker than Grease? I got news,
1: I got news for your crew. Yeah, you'll be sucking everybody, everybody not yeah. just you. Yeah. I'm got news for your Call crew. Call your friends, man. You're yeah. sucking like yeah. a leech.
2: Do you think it's slicker than
1: Grease? I got news for your crew, you'll be sucking like a leech. Yeah. <laughs> You can't, can't front, front on, on that. that. You you definitely like, like, can Like the president just signs off on yep. the declaration. <laughs> yes. You know, what I'm saying? like it's like yeah, yeah, can't front on that. That it's is like now a, a law. Yep. <laughs> so what you what you
2: what you want? So what you, what you what you what you want? I said what you what you what you want? I said what you what you what you want? You know what you want?
0: I wonder if like when they heard this playback, you know, we're talking about hearing something when, like when you heard Heya on right. the set. Like, I wonder if they play back and they're like, we, this is this shit is
1: unbelievable it's one of the reasons that i you know the the experience of getting to do it with the artists yeah is really beautiful because you get to ask them those questions and one of the things that you know is unique about this experience especially when you're doing it with somebody is that musician i'm sure i would imagine this is kind of true in stand-up comedy is like we're actually the worst people to talk about our own art because there's like an other than in hip-hop where it's like they just fucking yeah i'm the greatest yes yes. i'm the best ever we we don't have that you know there's like a policing of that vibe yeah so when you can sit with somebody and look at them and be like your shit is amazing yeah and they get to be like kind of
3: it kind of um, is a little yeah, bit,
1: right? I'm pretty special. I'm a pretty <laughs> special person. So when they get to say that, like, yeah, dude, we sat there and we fucking heard this come out of the fucking speakers and looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck have we just accomplished? Yeah. Or, no, dude, it was track 12. And they were just, yep. We had three other things
0: to do that day. When uh, I talked to uh, uh, Gloria Stefan once about um, conga. You oh, know? yeah. And I think, I think if I remember correctly, she said I wrote it on a, on a flight, like on a napkin, on a fucking napkin on a flight. Right. From Amsterdam to somewhere, and I was like, "That's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." That's, it like that's that. the genesis of the song, and was like, it? that? shit slaps thirty-five years later, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. a classic, and
1: like, yeah, that type of thing where it's like, we just needed. I don't know. I just thought of it, wrote it. I did. Uh, I did this at NAM, uh, which is the National Association of Music Makers, basically like the world's largest guitar center. It's fucking awful, but I, do, <laughs> I'm, I do it for JBL at their at their booth. So last, the first time I did it was right before covid and i did uh what's up with Linda Perry which is that hey yeah yeah what's going on that oh. song which was called what's up cuz she couldn't call it what's going on cuz then it would have been confused with the fucking oh. Marvin Gaye song on? Yeah. so uh you know so i was i was like what you know what was the the genesis of this song cuz i had read that it had a, a, a confusing and shitty genesis she was like well we worked with this fucking producer who had done the whole record. And we came to this song and he had like a marching beat and a bunch of fucked up shit. And she's like, and I couldn't believe what this guy had done to this song. So I went to the record label and I was like, this guy has fucked up a hit. This song is a hit. And she's like, and all the men looked at me and were like, just leave it be. We know what we're doing. We know how to make records. We got this. And she was like, fuck though. She called the the recording studio. They had one day left on the budget. They went in tracked, mixed, and mastered the whole song in 24 hours, and then presented to the label, and she was like, that's the fucking hit that I was telling you about. And then they go. And that song changed her life forever. Wow. Yeah. Recorded, mixed, and And mastered 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 in in 24 hours, dude, and they had to stop the pressing of the album to put the fucking thing on, because otherwise it was going to have the shitty And then they realized. And Linda Perry never would have existed. Wow. Wow. I mean, good for like having the... You know. Fucking audacity, yeah, temerity, and the self-knowledge to do that. And it was, it was a really beautiful moment because she got to fucking be like, you know, this was, I'm, I knew that I was right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just distracted because I missed OPP. I'm,
0: I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm kind of upset about it. Um, have you ever done, have you done any of theirs with
1: them? No, no. I mean, that's my, 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 one of the things that's been really, you know, beautiful about um getting to do this and having, you know, the, I, Having Jimmy Jam as like my ambassador, which never would have happened without COVID. Like Jimmy just showed up one day and was like, what the "Fuck, are you doing?" Really? Yeah. And then you want to talk about like amazing conversations. I had a four and a half hour. I, I text him. I was like, "Yeah, man, can we jump on the phone?" And he was like, "I'm an old man who likes to talk. Prepare for a long phone call." I was like, "I am the perfect audience, yeah, James Jam. Yeah. We're gonna have a combo. So I get on the phone with him. Four and a half hours of what should would have been the gnarliest fucking podcast. Because that dude.
0: Yeah. His
1: career, bro? Oh,
0: my God. And the stories just have to be.
1: He Mm -hmm. is in high school, basically like college band. Like they would let the, the, the kids would go to like a band camp at the local college coming out of high school. He's walking down the hallway one day and he hears tinkling on a piano that's pretty fucking rad. And he pokes his head in and sitting at the fucking piano is a high school Prince Rogers and he and fucking Prince end up fucking becoming homies. What? Yes, dude, in high school. It's in Minnesota? Like- yes. And he was, he said, the, 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 so two things about Jimmy is first love, he sounds just like Obama. So the whole time I'm high as fuck on the phone and I'm having to remind myself <laughs> like, that yes, I'm Mr. not President, hearing fucking yes. Obama tell me the Jimmy Jam story. Yeah. And then he goes on to a spot on Michael Jackson impersonation. So now my brain's going madder and I'm having to realize that it's, remember that it's not obama telling me the jimmy jam story doing a fucking spot-on impersonation of fucking of michael jackson so he said they were hanging out and like playing records to each other and then you know like the next couple of days they got into the band room and the teacher was like or the instructor was like okay let's pick our instruments everybody yeah he's like so uh goes to jimmy and he's like jimmy what do you want to play and jimmy's like uh because jimmy was playing drums in his dad's jazz band at 11 doing four hours a night and uh, so Jimmy was like, yeah, man, I'll take drums. He's like, and then Prince looks at me and was like, yeah, man, I thought you was a fucking piano player. So he's like, and then the teacher turned to Prince, and, well, the, the guy turned to Prince and was like, what do you want to play? And Prince was like, I'll take guitar. And he's like, Jimmy was like, I thought this motherfucker was a piano player. Yeah, yeah, I'll play anything. Yeah. <laughs> play anything. And then him and Terry met in Terry Lewis, the other half of, of Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. They met in high school, and they've been working together ever since and have never had one argument. Really? He's like, long? he's like, we have never fought over anything. Yeah, these two fucking guys who, by the way, like made that vibe. Yeah. You know, like the, the Nike swoosh of producer outfits. Yeah, like you yeah. just see a so like a silhouette of that, and you're like, oh, it's Jimmy Jam. and Terry Lewis. Oh yeah. So he's become like my biggest um like advocate advocate in the... in the industry. And it's which and that's totally happened way, because done, of COVID. You done print songs? Yeah, I actually did um this was a bananas one. So the only one I have is Let's Go Crazy. And I did it. One night, and it started with like 150. It was sort of in the mid mid range when the when the thing was just starting to really take on a life of its own. Because for a while, I had like 400 followers. Yeah. So, and it was sort of in the middle age there when it started growing up a little bit. And the one at like 15 minutes in, Wendy of Wendy and Lisa shows up because Jimmy had reached out to her. So Mm -hmm. she shows up, and then she starts telling us fucking stories about the making of the fucking record. This is all happening in the chat, as you've seen, like fucking people just entering things. So we go through, it took two and a half hours to do that whole song, because I have the full version that has the crazy jam in the middle of it, where it goes into the fucking, the shit, the version from the movie, where it's like, where he's walking up and down the piano keys and that shit. So we come to the vocal, and Wendy enters into the, she types into the chat, she's like, actually, Prince would have fucking hated this. And I stopped it, and I was like, goosebumps again. I was like talking into, I am high as fuck. And yeah. I'm talking into the camera, into the phone. Right?
2: <laughs> it's, it's like for someone you're like, wait,
1: and what? Like, and I was like, this is not what I wanted to see, because it shut me down. And I was like, actually, I said, you know, I said, Wendy, this is like one of my fears with this thing that I'm doing, especially when it comes to the vocal, is that it's so invasive that I don't want to be seen as being disrespectful. And being gauche and gross in taking advantage, especially when it's somebody who has passed away, especially when it's somebody like Prince, who we know was so controlling of his of everything that he did yeah. for a reason, sure. because he'd been so abused by the system, yeah. slave. Let's not forget. Yeah. So you know, I said, I think the only thing that we can do. Is, is you decide if we keep going because you're the closest person to him in this experience that we're having. And if you think that he would genuinely hate this and see this as disrespectful, then we'll sh- we'll stop now and thank you for this amazing night that we've had. And if you would like us, to, if you think that it's appropriate for us to keep going, then we would be honored to keep going. And then you've seen it. The chat takes like 25 seconds. Yeah. So literally the chat shuts down and nobody says anything. And then she enters in, actually, this is a beautiful way to honor him and his art wow and you're like okay because i'm super high i'm so high yeah yeah. (laughs) you know so i got a little choked up so then we did the whole vocal which by the way is it's so gnarly because we don't actually until you hear it soloed you don't know what that song is about and when you hear it so it starts with dearly beloved we're gathered here to talk about it celebrate this thing called life and it turns into him talking to us from the other fucking side dude about what it is to be a human being really And it's so gnarly. And it was very, it was more than slightly overwhelming. And then the end of it, you know, I play the whole song. And for the whole fucking five minutes, it just filled with Purple Hearts for five minutes. And it was stunning. And then Wendy hit me up afterwards, goosebumps, and she was like, thank you so much. She was like, that was something, she's like, I can't. So we're actually planning on doing that one live together. And then she sent me a text and she was like, I know it'd be cool if I did it with you, but what if it's these guys? And then listed the whole fucking band. I was like, much as I would love to do this with five people. Yeah, you <laughs> a seven-hour day. <laughs> and also, those,
0: those every, every everyone's five. Everyone's got a story. And five mic podcasts or th- shows it's suck. It's stuck. too many people it's on many, mic. It's a panel. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah like, dude. It's like
1: everyone's got a different story about how Prince came into their lives. Dude, they blah, 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 blah.
0: It's like when you go to, like, I've gone to hip-hop shows where they give out, like, 13 guys mics. I'm like, could you right. fucking <laughs> turn a few off? Right. I'll you
1: just get people Oh, no, know, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. Wu-Tang. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right, so quickly, before I know you have to get me out of here, but here, just just as a yeah, little no, treat for you. Yeah. This is happening at the end of OPP. Okay. This blew our fucking minds the other night. This dude. is an OPP? This is the end of OPP coming out of the fucking last chorus. Getting started
0: this is wild
1: We've never heard this never we? this is a big five minute mark the song's over. Does it go on like this in the album version? No. No, they just He's like literally. And yeah, now he gets wild, ready? So there's actually organ going through the whole fucking song that we don't realize. And it's played by a guy by the name of David Balocchio, I believe is his name. He's and playing that? He's playing that. And at the beginning, this is why it makes sense now when Tretch says,
4: me with harmony. He says, Dave, drop a load on him. Yeah.
1: Dave, drop a load on yeah, him. Yeah, I always remember, of course. Is the fucking is Dave Balocchio, because right after that, he goes like this. Dave,
4: drop a load on him.
1: And
0: this is buried. Like, buried. Yeah. I've never heard that.
4: Hmm. OPP. How can I? <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I was like, I just, it's like, there's moments I, I, I have a joke about Paul Reiser's string arrangement in Marvin Gaye's fucking uh, Heard It Through the Grapevine, where uh-huh. I just imagine him being in the fucking mix room and being like, yo, can you motherfuckers turn my shit up just a little, a little bit? Just a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, hey, yo, Tretch. I mean, I yeah. played some pretty. A little bit. So you're going to do, no, there's not an extended. You version hollered of at him. me by name, man. <laughs> turn it up. I mean, I, I dropped a load on him, Tretch, this at the is, end there. This, this is loads. the
0: wildest load.
1: Craziness. Nobody's ever heard that fucking organ solo at the end. I'm like, if you had just, criminal. if one had
0: just played that
1: for me, and would be like, what songs is it from? I'd be like, not
0: from a million know. dollars. A jazz song from the 40s? I mean, I I'll know. show you
1: on the thing. So the, the chorus ends here, and this is all unheard. And Holy that's where, and then the shit. fucking organ solo is right there. Starts in Lakota. And okay, I didn't ask you this,
0: but the acquisition of these stems, is this just from your relationships and
1: music? Like getting these? the internet is the wild west okay and when i started so probably in 2002 2003 when i started going to the recording studios you'd like you'd be sitting there working with somebody and then Mm -hmm. everyone would leave and like the engineer would look at you and be like all right man i got like three stevie wonder who and a beatles what do you got in All right, dude i got like fucking two steely dans and a fleetwood mac my god son let's do this and then trade it and then after doing it on the radio. people started hitting me up and now I'm friends with a lot of producers, you know, and they're giving me stuff. The fun, there was a really great one where I got a Facebook message from a dude who was like, uh, He's like, hey, man, are you the guy that does that thing on the radio? And I was like, mm, yeah. And he goes, all right, I got something for you. He's like, meet me at the, uh, he's like, what are you doing on Friday at four? And I was like, mm, what am I doing? He's like, meet me at the Starbucks at the four or five in Wilshire. I got something for you. Really? So I was like, am I going to end up in the trunk of a car because yeah. some Sony exec's like, all right, son, you yeah. like, the right <laughs> yeah, end You owe now. us royalties. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, so I was like, okay. So I met with him and he's this lovely guy. And he's like, me and my wife are huge fans. And he just fucking slides this USB stick across the table at me and he's like, you're going to love what's on them. I was like, what is he? Like, I'm not telling you. Wait till you get home. And I get home and it's fucking 15 Michael Jackson songs. What? Wow. All the stems. All, not even the stems. The individual safety dumps off of the 24 track. Because the way, I don't know if you know this, but so the tapes, the old magnetic tapes, they start to disintegrate, right? Like the, the, the actual layers of them come apart. So what they had to do for a long time is they had to put them in the ovens once a year and rebake them. So the glue, what? yeah. So the glues re- rebake the, the tape. But unfortunately, over time, the tape completely disintegrates. So what they started doing was they literally just sent them to archive houses, which is so fucking stupid because everybody in the industry is a fucking pirate. And if you're sitting there and you're running off Michael Jackson's safety tapes into Pro Tools and there's no one else in the room, of course, you're going to be like, yeah, so this goes home with me on a drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, so that should happen. So and then 15, 15 of th- ones you didn't have. Uh, I didn't have any MJ. Dude. So you're like oh. Thriller, Beat It, fuck, all of the hits, like name it. It's. I mean, like, that's why I ended up doing MJ Wednesdays, just because it just got to the point where, you know, once I went on D-Nice's uh, thing and I was like, you know, I started doing Michael over there. I was like, it would be a really cool idea to just have this thing so that his audience and my audience would have like one place to hang yeah, out. Yeah. And then what's been really cool is like watching his audience stick around for Steely Dan or stick yeah, around for yeah. fucking, you know, the cure or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, I was it's, sticking it's fucking, around for Chicago the other day. It's man. amazing, yeah. dude. Jimmy's Jimmy. The the best part is like Jimmy's favorite shit is like Chicago and yes and all that stuff. Really? loses his fucking oh dude loses his mind over that stuff. That's he loves cool. It. It's really yeah. It's he's a he's a classic rockhead. So yeah, Tretch's fucking shit. All right, just I'll just give you, just give you a taste of you of your of your dude. This fucking. This guy's I didn't realize how sick His flow was His flow is wild Hmm
4: OPP How can I explain it I take it frame by frame it To have your lord Jump and shout and saying it Oh it's for other piece of people Scratch a temple The last P world That's not that simple <laughs> It's sort of like a well another way To call a cat a kitten It's five little letters That are missing Yeah You get it on occasion If the other party Isn't gaming no, br- It like- seems like- I gotta Start the explaining Bust it You ever had a girl And met her on a nice hello Then got to name And number Then left feeling real mellow You get home way to She's what you want to know about Then you call up And it's a girlfriend's Or a cousin's house It's not a front of F to the R to the O To the N to the T It's just her boyfriend's Out of house So that's why she's scary It's OPP time, other people's But you get it There's no room for relationships It's just room to hit it How many brothers out there Know just what I'm getting at Who think it's wrong Cause I was splitting that co-hitting at Well if you do that's OPP And you're not down with it But if you don't Here's your membership
0: I mean The breath control the No punchings
1: like, like... One take
0: yeah wild man that's uh, what uh, i'm saying like, i remember like that was one of those songs where like you tried to mimic and you just sounded stupid so you sound like an idiot yeah you just can't
1: one dude that can play that yeah, trumpet you're like you know, it's like, that guy
0: you go ahead and take this one man stretch <laughs> yeah. it's all you man yeah, drop yeah. a load on him yeah drop a load man <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on dave isn't that dave, a fucking like, turn inst- me up chick, dog. Dave, you guys aren't gonna put out a fucking <laughs> extended I remix give you my life on this man <laughs> <laughs> he was never heard from again. It was like uh, the biggest disappointment ever Dave. If you ever run a date and he's like, "Fuck Tretch <laughs> amazing, unreal dude. Well, thank you for
0: having me dude, in. this was so awesome. I mean I could do this for fucking hours I, do. I know you do <laughs> and and I've jumped in i've I've spent hours already uh on those and i'm i I'm telling you use this as like a a commercial, like you can do this all the time, follow at the session IG live uh christian it's a
1: pleasure man thank you so much for having me in it is yeah. a uh it's a, a it's not taken lightly as i said when the jaded motherfuckers are like dude i'll talk to this cat it's about so it. fun <laughs> i i can't wait to go to a live one
0: i, I yes. really want to do it with an i think that'd be so fun me, to do it with I, an I audience would love that that energy yep it's uh, got to be Let's incredible do it. and um i hope we can do this again That i would love to do you it you can invite me anytime awesome i'm in all right appreciate it brother <laughs> thank you